What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Maylari. So in today's episode, we're going to give you a breakdown of what happened to the Patriots-Texans preseason game last night at Jouet Stadium. I'll give you a recap of that game, some players that stood out for both teams, and I'll also talk about the Giants and the Lions game tonight, give you another preview of that game. I did do a preview over the last couple days and talked about some players to watch out for, but there's a couple more guys I wanted to mention, a couple more updates as well with their roster construction that I want to talk about before tonight's game. And then at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you a list of players around the NFL to watch out for in the week one of the preseason, including... Tennessee Titans quarterbacks Malik Willis and Will Levis. That'll be a good battle there between Willis and Levis for who gets the backup quarterback spot there in Tennessee. Also, another quarterback, Stetson Bennett of the Los Angeles Rams. And then Falcons running back, B. John Robinson. That's another guy I'm going to mention when I get to the end of the episode. So let's start off and talk about the Patriots game and what happened last night. The Patriots lost the game 20-9 to the Houston Texans. The Patriots' offensive line struggled during the entire game. And honestly, I think it even shows more they should have added at the offensive line position during the draft. Neglecting the offensive line during the draft was a big mistake by Bill Belichick. I mean, you're just running out there. With guys that are backups on most teams and using them as your starting offensive linemen. I know that wasn't really the case last night since the Patriots really benched everyone that's starting on their offensive line except for one guy who started at right tackle, Connor McDermott. He's actually battling right now for the starting right tackle spot with Riley Reef. But regardless, I know there was a lot of backups last night for the Patriots on the offensive line besides McDermott. He had a bad game last night. But considering even though they're backups, you can still see technique, still see how they opened up holes for the backups. But honestly, it was just brutal all night for the Patriots on the offensive line. So that's one major storyline from the game last night was that the offensive line did struggle. And as I said, it is just backups. So that's one positive thing for Patriots fans. It's just backup offensive linemen in. But regardless, you still want to see some improvement, even if they're just backups. You still want to see them open up holes for the running backs, give the quarterback time. And you didn't see that last night. So the technique obviously wasn't there. And there is also less talent when you use your backups, obviously. Just naturally, when your backups go in, there is less talent than there is on your starting offensive line. But regardless, you should still want to see some holes for the quarterback and running back to be able to run, throw, have time to make plays. That just wasn't the case last night. One player that stole the show, though, was a guy that I predicted could steal the show and I thought would steal the show in my preview of the game yesterday afternoon was Malik Cunningham, quarterback, wide receiver for the Patriots. He got the last drive as the quarterback for the Pats last night and moved the ball better than Bailey Zappi did and Trace McSorley did all night. If you look at Cunningham's stat line, Three for four passing, 19 yards. Should have had a 30-yard touchdown pass on the run, but it was dropped in the end zone by Trey Nixon. Brutal drop there. Hit him right in the hands. Great throw on the run as he was going out of bounds. Malik Cunningham delivered a shot across the field. But it was dropped by Nixon in the corner of the end zone. Should have been a touchdown pass there. But regardless, they still score on that drive. Malik Cunningham did have a really nice nine-yard rushing touchdown to top off his night. Which, if you look at his stat line, three or four passing, 19 passing yards, five rushes, 34 yards in a rushing touchdown. What stands out most is his running ability, obviously. Like I mentioned yesterday, he's just a great athlete and a great quarterback as well. I think he could be a quarterback in the NFL. Definitely be a backup. And who knows what the Patriots are going to do here. I know it's just one opportunity here, one drive that he got. So he's obviously going to get more opportunities in the preseason to see what he can do. But I knew he was going to catch eyes last night with his athleticism, and that's just what the story of the game was. He stole the show like I predicted he would. And in that last drive, he moved the ball better than Bailey Zappi did and Trace McSorley did all night. He did start the game as a wide receiver, didn't record a catch though. I didn't get to really see any of his routes though since I was working, so I don't really get to see any routes with him at the wide receiver spot, but I got to see the end of the game with him come in at quarterback, and he looked awesome. He looked awesome. I know he's going up against backups, really third and fourth string is, so a lot of guys that aren't going to make the NFL, but to take over the game like he did on that last drive was impressive, and he moved the ball, as I said, better than Zeppi and McSorley did all night. 
And if you look at the stat line, as I said, three or four passing, 19 yards, and then five rushes, 34 yards, and a touchdown. Very impressive night on the ground. Even in his passing situations as well, he should have had a 30-yard touchdown pass, but it was dropped by Trey Nixon. He looks composed out there, looks relaxed. He even got a tough play where he actually tried to make a run, and one of the defenders actually ripped his face mask off and took his helmet off. That was a penalty there. Got him a little bit fired up. Kept his composure, though, and then he ends up still delivering on that drive and finds a way to get the Patriots their only touchdown on the night. 34 rushing yards was actually good enough to be the Patriots' leading rusher on the night. And like I said in my predictions, I said he's going to run for 30 or 40 yards. If given the opportunity, he runs for 34 yards. So I was pretty accurate with that. And I also did say in yesterday's episode that he's going to be the talk of Boston Sports Radio today. And everyone's going to fall in love with them. And what's the story of Boston Sports Radio today? I listened to Felgen Maz. I listened to Zolak and Bertrand. I listened to the post-game interviews last night. And everybody's mentioning how well Malik Cunningham played on that last drive. I know a lot of people are mentioning the fact that he's going up against third and fourth stringers, so it's not really like he's going up against backups. But regardless, to come in the game like he did and still move the ball better than the other two quarterbacks did all night, that's not something you take lightly. As I said, I know he's going up against backups, but this guy is capable of making plays. He's capable of making plays. And with his playmaking ability, I knew the talk of the town on the radio, the buzz on social media would all be about Cunningham and how well he performed. And that's just because Malik brings an intensity and a rush to the game that no other quarterback really can do on this Patriots roster because of his speed and his athleticism. Nothing brings electricity to the game of football like a mobile quarterback, like a game-breaking running back, like a great pass-rushing linebacker. When you have those things in your team, it brings excitement to the game. And I think a mobile quarterback is one of the most exciting things in the game of football. Even though they can get hurt a lot, obviously, and it's a vulnerable thing to be a mobile quarterback since you're really putting yourself out in the open to get hit in the middle of the field. It does bring an intensity to the game of football and an excitement. And that's what the Patriots don't have in either quarterback, Zappi or Jones. They don't have any mobility. And even though you don't need to be a mobile quarterback to succeed in the NFL, a lot more quarterbacks in today's day that are getting drafted and are young quarterbacks in this league today can use their feet because you need to be able to extend plays. Especially with this Patriots offensive line, you need to be able to extend plays with your legs. And Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi really don't have that athleticism that Malik Cunningham has. Cunningham's just a different quarterback than the Patriots have ever had. A guy that I think definitely deserves to make the roster. Even if it's only one drive against third stringers and fourth stringers, his athleticism warrants enough to get him on the roster. I know that could be a hot take to a lot of people's ears and people might not agree with me there, but at the end of the day, if you look at his ability to make plays, he can help you out definitely in the red zone. I think he'd be a perfect guy to come in on third and goal, maybe on the three-yard line for the Patriots, or even maybe second and goal from the 10, whatever it may be, and run an option. He could be a gadget guy for this Patriots team that they could use in the red zone on short yardage option plays and definitely would make the defense have to guess, are they, is he going to hand the ball off or is it going to be a QB run? When you have that option between a running back and a quarterback where you can run options, it makes that defense have to guess. They have to account for the quarterback being able to move. That's not really the case with Mac Jones. Mac Jones can't run options because he doesn't have that mobility. When you have a guy like Malik Cunningham, you can run those options, and it makes it harder on the defense to game plan, especially in the red zone with short yardage, and he only has to get three or four yards, just make one or two guys miss, which he did last night in that nine-yard touchdown run. He made multiple guys miss on that run. It's a lot easier to move the ball in the red zone when you have mobility because it opens up a playbook that the Patriots don't really have right now with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. If you're on the 10-yard line with Zappi or Mac. You're not going to be running an option there. You're not going to be letting them roll out and try to throw on the run, but it's different with Malik Cunningham. You can do that. And I'm not saying Malik Cunningham is going to be the backup quarterback for this team because who knows? I mean, obviously, Bill Belichick's going to want to see more reps out of him, but I think he's capable enough to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. It was honestly crazy to me that he was an undrafted free agent. I thought he could have been a third or fourth round pick quarterback 
ends up falling in the draft and doesn't even get drafted, which I thought was crazy. But at the same time, I mean, some people had a lot of questions with Lamar Jackson coming out of college because they didn't think a running quarterback could last in the NFL. Malik Cunningham goes into Louisville, uses basically the same playbook that they used with Lamar Jackson there, and succeeded and had a great career at Louisville and used his athleticism, his elusiveness, his agility, and used his speed very well. He's a guy that made big plays in the ACC consistently week in and week out. As for the Patriots, where they currently stand, I know a lot of people are going to look at that game last night and say Malik Cunningham deserves to be on the team, and I would agree with them. I think Malik Cunningham, even though it's one drive, I think what he brings to the game, the excitement he can bring for you in the red zone, is definitely enough to get him on the team. And I said yesterday he was six foot three. He's really six foot one, so I was a little bit off at this height. I did forget that he was a little bit shorter than six one. Lamar Jackson six two. I was thinking Malik Cunningham was an inch taller. He's really an inch shorter, so like six one ish, rather than you know six two or six three like I was thinking because Lamar Jackson six two. But regardless, he's six foot one. Can use his speed, and if you could use him as a wide receiver, I didn't really get to see any routes yesterday. But maybe a speed can help you get him open. Maybe a speed can help you on a slant route. Give him the ball in the middle, see if he can just take it. I'm not really too sure. I haven't seen him run any routes, as I said. I'm excited to see him maybe run more routes in future preseason games. But I do think this guy could be a gadget guy for the Patriots that they could use in the red zone, can come in on short yardage situations, even if it's not the red zone, on their own 35-yard line, third and two, and maybe run an option. Who knows? Maybe a bootleg play. There's a lot of things you could do with a mobile quarterback that you really can't do with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. The playbook's a lot different for quarterbacks that a pocket passes than it is for a mobile quarterback that can get outside the numbers and throw on the run, throw outside the hash marks. So we'll see what happens with Malik Cunningham and in the future and whether or not he'll make this Patriots team. But I think he's a perfect Bill Belichick guy, a guy that's a quarterback in college, comes into the NFL as a chip on his shoulder since now he has to try to play wide receiver, has to figure out a new position, but at the same time gets an opportunity to play quarterback and obviously shined last night in his debut. So we'll see what happens in future games from Lee Cunningham, but I think he deserves to make this team. And that's not even just based off of last night. I said it yesterday in my episode. I said they think he's good enough to play quarterback in the NFL, even if it's just a backup spot. I think he's good enough to be on a roster as a quarterback. And when you play wide receiver as well, it makes it even easier to make the team, especially when you have Bill Belichick as your coach. He loves guys that are versatile and can do multiple things. And maybe this guy could help you out as a gadget player. We'll see what happens, obviously, there. Like I said in my predictions, Tank Dell... Wide receiver for the Texans is a guy to keep your eye on. He balled out last night, five catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. Case Keenum had a very good game as a backup quarterback for the Texans. He was 9-14 with 79 passing yards and a touchdown. C.J. Stroud struggled last night, 2-4 passing with 13 passing yards and an interception. A bad pass that was picked off by Jalen Mills. He'll get more reps in the preseason to get himself more acclimated to the NFL. I'm not really too worried there about Stroud. Obviously a tough pass there, but it takes time to get used to playing quarterback in the NFL. And that was his first game ever playing live NFL plays. And even if he's going up against backups for the Patriots, you're still going up against better talent than you did in college, when you're, even when you're just playing backups in the NFL. There's still a lot of talent on the field when it's backups in the NFL. These are all guys that could step in and be starters for some teams in certain situations. If there's an injury, whatever it may be, backups in the NFL are a lot better than what you play in college. So it's obviously a tough play there for CJ Straw, but I think he'll adjust. He'll be fine. As for Bailey Zappi, he was 12-14 passing in the game with 79 passing yards and had a run for six yards. No touchdowns, no picks. Here's the thing with Zappi. I think when you look at a lot of his completions last night were short passes, quick plays, quick routes, quick screens just to get the ball out of his hands. And part of that's because the Patriots offensive line really isn't equipped enough. And I know the backups, it's not equipped enough for the quarterback to hold the ball in the pocket for four or five seconds, let receivers run downfield, try to air it out. There were a lot of screens and a lot of quick routes last night to try to beat the Houston pass rush and get the ball out of Bailey Zappi's, Trace McSorley's, Emily Cunningham's hands. That's because the 
pass rush was coming in quicker than the Patriots' offensive line could protect. The Patriots' offensive line, as I said, did struggle last night. So Bailey Zappi really had to rely on shorter passes, and he was a checkdown king, kind of. That's what people were referring to him on the radio. He did throw a lot of checkdowns last night, and even though it's just a preseason game, you'd like to see him maybe air it out once or twice. And no, as I said, the offensive line wasn't great. Maybe take a shot downfield, though, in one of those 14 attempts. He was 12-14 passing with 79 yards, a lot of those being easier completions with guys just being open on quick routes or screens. With that being said, though, we did have a really good pass, a 27-yard completion to Tyquan Thornton on the sidelines. My issue with that play, though, was that it didn't really hang in the air for a few seconds there. That's a pass that definitely could get a receiver hurt in a real game. I know even though it's just preseason, the guys are still hitting, and Thornton did get hit a little bit on the play. It wasn't really too bad, but in the NFL, in a real game, in the regular season, if you're hanging in the air like that and there's a safety coming from behind, they're going to let you up there. So the ball did wait a little bit in the air, but luckily Tyquan Thornton, Great athleticism and a great reach as well. Found the ball in the air and brought it in for a 27-yard reception. If you take away that play there by Tyquan Thornton and then also the Malik Cunningham drive, the Patriots ran a total of 34 plays and hit 62 yards. So without the Malik Cunningham drive and the Tyquan Thornton 27-yard catch, the Patriots ran 34 plays and had 62 total yards. That's according to Alex Bath of 98.5 The Sports Hub. That's not really good. Obviously, you can show... You know, just those stats there, and without even watching them, you could tell the offense struggled on the night. The offensive line obviously struggled, and then if you look at it, it was really just Malik Cunningham, the only real bright spot for the Patriots in the game last night. So now I'm going to move on and talk about the Giants and the Lions game really quick. Give you guys another update on that game. The Giants are not expected to play any starters in tonight's game. Tyrod Taylor should get the start for the Giants at quarterback. But backing up Taylor will be undrafted free agent quarterback Tommy DeVito. We'll get a lot of reps in tonight's game. He was born and raised in New Jersey. So this will be obviously a fun opportunity for him and a great, obviously, lifetime dream. Probably playing for the Giants, a team that he's probably a fan of growing up. He played for Illinois during his senior season in college. Threw 15 passing touchdowns with four interceptions last year. And also ran for six touchdowns as well for Illinois. He played his first four years of college football at Syracuse where he threw 28 passing touchdowns and 12 interceptions for the Orange in those four seasons. So that's a guy to watch out for in tonight's game. Obviously, he's probably competing for a practice squad quarterback position. There is a chance the Giants keep him as a practice squad quarterback, or if they don't really see much of him, they probably go out and get a guy after they're cut from another team after the preseason is over. So we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, DeVito, though, does well. Rooting for him, as I said, a New Jersey native. So he probably grew up a Giants fan. So this is a great opportunity for him to be able to shine in a Giants uniform. Some guys to watch out for in tonight's game. I mentioned a few of them already in my Giants preview that I already recorded. But here's a few more. I already mentioned Javarius Owens. I think he shines to the Giants secondary tonight. He was supposed to go to Kansas State in college, was rerouted to Northeastern Oklahoma A&M College where he had 51 tackles and three interceptions as a freshman. Then he transferred to Houston, had a very productive career in the defensive backfield for Houston. He was a seventh-round pick by the Giants this year and brings a lot to the table. He's a guy to keep your eye on in tonight's game. With Gary Braywell, unfortunately, on the sidelines for the Giants for a few weeks with a knee injury, James Robinson and Jay Sean Corbin are going to get a lot of snaps tonight at running back. Corbin had 21 carries for 73 yards and two rushing touchdowns last year for the Giants in the preseason. Also added in 14 catches for 76 yards as well. Has very good hands out of the backfield. Was also a kick returner for the Giants a little bit in the preseason last year where he had 34 yards on a return. I'm excited to see him tonight. I think he shines for the Giants and has a good game. I'm going to say he has 50 yards and maybe scoring tonight's game. As for James Robinson, he has the talent but just poor luck with injuries, like I already noted in my other episode. He has bounced around the league a little bit over the last year, from Jacksonville to the Jets to the Patriots, and now to the Giants. I'm hoping he finds an opportunity here with the Giants, but I think he's one of the guys that is last cut for this team. And that's not talking about his talent. He's a very talented running back, but you can't really carry five running backs in the NFL in today's day. And I think the four running backs will be Buckley, Breida, Brightwell, 
and Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. I think Corbin will be a practice squad running back for the Giants. A guy that'll play tonight will be Cole Beasley. I think he's going to still make the team no matter what, but he has to still earn that roster spot. As I said, I think he'll likely make it, though. He will play in tonight's game. He's a guy that could be great for Daniel Jones during the regular season, especially on third and short opportunities where you need to get open on, let's say, third and three. He's great out of the slot, always finds a way to get open, has good hands as well. I'm excited to see what the Giants could do on offense this year, especially considering how deep of a wide receiver room they have. Expect to see a lot of Colin Johnson, Bryce Ford Wheaton, Jaden Mickens, and Khalil Pimpleton tonight. I think Ford Wheaton and Pimpleton can make a few flashy plays tonight to catch some eyes. With Ford Wheaton's long reach and then Khalil Pimpleton's speed, they can definitely help you out on offense and obviously catch some eyes in the preseason. Jalen Hyatt, Giants third-round pick out of Tennessee, will play a little bit in tonight's game. He doesn't really have much to prove, though. Probably will get a few reps just to get him acclimated to the game, but he's not going to play a lot in tonight's game. Lawrence Cage will likely be the Giants' third tight end on the depth chart during the season. Expect to see him get reps tonight. A guy that was productive in limited opportunities last year will get more opportunities now in the preseason. A good receiving tight end and a good option for Daniel Jones as another tight end that can catch passes. Obviously, the Giants have Daniel Bellinger that can catch passes, and then Darren Waller as well. Daniel Jones has a lot of weapons going into this year, and I'm excited to see what he can do with all of those guys. One last thing I want to mention is that you should watch out for Donnie Holmes and Cordell Flott in tonight's game. They both are battling for the slot cornerback position on this Giants team. Expect them to go at it a little bit tonight early in the game, the first quarter. They'll both be playing probably early in the game, considering Cordell Flott will definitely be on this team. And even though I saw some reporters and analysts have Donnie Holmes being one of the last cuts for the Giants, I think he'll be on the team as well. I don't expect either of these guys to get too many reps in tonight's game. Get a little bit of reps in the first quarter just to see what you've got in these two guys to figure out who should be the starter. But at the end of the day, I think both these guys deserve to be on this team. Iron Shoppins iron at the end of the day, so Flott and Holmes can only make this Giants team better by having a great competition for the slot cornerback position. I'm a fan of both of them, but I'm going to go with Flott as the winner there in that battle for the slot cornerback position between Holmes and Flott. As I said, though, it should be a fun battle to watch during the preseason. So now for my prediction for tonight's game. I'm going to go with the Giants winning this one 23-20. I think it'll be a good game, a close game, a fun one to watch. Definitely, I'll definitely be tuning in. I'm going to go with the Giants winning 23-20. I think Jayshon Corbin has about 50 yards and maybe a score on the ground. And then I think Bryce Ford Wheaton will have a couple acrobatic catches, I'm sure. He uses his height very well into size. And I think Colin Johnson is the guy to keep your eye on. He performed very well in the preseason last year, and hopefully with more opportunities in the preseason this year, he can make plays yet again for the Giants. So now for some other players to watch in week one of the preseason around the NFL. I'm going to start off with the Arizona Cardinals backup quarterback, Clayton Toon. He's a rookie quarterback out of Houston. He had 40 passing touchdowns and 10 interceptions last year for the Cougars, along with 544 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. So you take the 40 passing touchdowns and the five rushing ones. He had 45 total touchdowns last year for the Houston Cougars. 10 interceptions, as I said, with also 544 yards on the ground. Overall, in five years at Houston, he had 104 passing touchdowns with 41 interceptions, also adding in 15 rushing touchdowns over those five years as well. He's a quarterback that will catch people's eyes with his arm and his underrated mobility. Right now, Colt McCoy is slated to be the starter for the Arizona Cardinals in week one. But I'm going to make a bold prediction right now, and I'm going to say that the week one starter for the Cardinals will be Clayton Toon. At least that's who I think should be the starter in week one for the Arizona Cardinals. Kyla Murray's still recovering from a torn ACL, so he won't be in the picture to start week one. It's between McCoy and Toon. Toon is a fifth-round pick in this year's draft. Absolute steal by Arizona there. I think he's good enough to be the week one starter for this team over Colt McCoy. Watch out for him in the preseason. Next up, Falcons running back. Bijan Robinson, electric home run hitting running back with game-breaking talent. He's the RB3 on the depth shot for the Atlanta Falcons right now, but I think he'll be the lead back for sure. It won't even be a question. If you take a guy eighth overall, 
you're going to end up putting him as your starting back in week one. He's a game breaker, like I noted, that the defense needs to game plan for. That's not really the case for Tyler Algier. You don't really have to game plan as hard for a guy like Tyler Algier like you do for Bijan Robinson. That's not making a jab at Tyler Algier. It's just Bijan Robinson's talent and his ability is a lot different than what Tyler Algier brings to the field. So watch out for Bijan Robinson in the preseason. Another guy to watch out for is Rams quarterback Stetson Bennett. Fourth round pick to the Rams in this year's draft. Former quarterback for the University of Georgia. He's looked good in practice for the Rams. He's competing to be the backup quarterback right now for Matt Stafford. He's a two-time national champion for Georgia. Winning in each of the last two seasons. He's played in a lot of big games in college. I'm excited to see what he does in the NFL as a backup quarterback. One interesting thing to note is that Stetson Bennett's parents growing up had season tickets to every single Georgia game. So Bennett and his family got to see Stafford as a quarterback for Georgia when he was there in 2007, just about. They got to see him play back then. So that's obviously very cool. And now they are teammates in the same locker room with Stetson Bennett competing right now to be the backup quarterback behind Stafford. Ben, as I said, did look pretty good in training camp and in practices, but it is different than playing in a live preseason game since you're getting hit in live preseason games, but in practice, in training camp, Jordan practice, he's not getting hit at all. So we'll see what he does. He's only 5'11", but has a very strong arm, and I think he does well in the preseason here for the Rams, and I think he'll be good enough to be the back quarterback to Stafford during the regular season. But that's obviously going to be one fun thing to watch there for the Rams during the preseason. Another fun battle to watch will be the battle between the quarterbacks of the 49ers. Trey Lance right now is battling for the starting job. Brock Purdy is still recovering from a torn ligament, so he's not going to play in the preseason, especially week one here of the preseason for the Niners. We'll see what happens in the next few weeks, but he's very unlikely to play on Sunday versus the Raiders, recovering from that torn ligament that he suffered in the playoffs last year. As for Lance, the former third overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, is battling right now for the starting job. Brock Purdy has gotten some reps, though, as a first-team quarterback in 11-on-11s. He's still the QB1 on the depth chart. But Trey Lance is still battling. It's still going to be a competition there to see who's the week one starter. With that being said, if I was Kyle Shanahan, I would be giving reps to Sam Donald to see what he can do. I think Sam Donald could succeed in this offense. And I said this when they signed Sam Donald in the offseason. I think he's better than Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. I would honestly start Sam Donald. And I know it's a crazy thing for some people to hear. A lot of people that were Patriots fans got to see Sam Donald struggle against the Patriots a lot. And then even last year when he was in Carolina, he struggled as well. But I think when you look at Donald's career, he never really had much help. And then if you look at what he would have in this San Francisco 49ers offense, he'd have a top offensive system with Kyle Shanahan. He'd have a good offensive line and unreal weapons. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell. He'd have weapons and stability and coaching. Three things he did not have at all during his NFL career so far. I think he should be the starter there, but at the end of the day, it's probably going to be between Lance and between Purdy, but I think it should be Donald. I think Donald is the best quarterback of those three, and I could be crazy with saying that, and that could be a very much a hot take, you know, if he does struggle in the preseason, but I think Donald has the talent there to be the QB1 in that system. I would give him another shot as a starter in the NFL. We'll see what happens, obviously, with Lance. Lance is going to be still battling for the starting spot. As I said, Brock Purdy has been getting a lot of the QB1 reps in 11-on-11 drills. So we'll see what happens when the season does roll around. But I think if you could give Sam Donald an opportunity with this offense, I think he could do big things. As for Trey Lance... I think he will be the odd one out at some point. I think the 49ers will trade him at some point in the next season, whether it's during the season or next offseason. I think he'll be moved at some point by San Francisco. Another guy to watch out for during the preseason is Dolphins cornerback Cam Smith. He was a second-round pick in this year's draft out of South Carolina to Miami. Very physical cornerback, great play recognition, not afraid to make a tackle. I think he's going to stand out in the preseason and start opposite of Xavier Howard. 
In the secondary, therefore, Miami, with Jalen Ramsey unfortunately tearing his meniscus in training camp and likely out until December, the Dolphins' secondary needs somebody to step up opposite Xavier Howard at the CB2 position. The Dolphins did sign Eli Apple, a guy that has a lot of experience at the CB2 spot, but I think Cam Smith ends up winning that battle in the preseason. Another guy to watch out for, Browns quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who played very well in the Browns' win in the Hall of Fame game last week. He shined like I thought he would in that game. Now he gets the chance to get more snaps tonight versus the Washington Commanders. He was 8 of 11 in the Hall of Fame game passing with 82 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Also added in six carries for 35 yards in a 15-yard run as a long. He scored the game-winning touchdown off a touchdown pass to Browns wide receiver Austin Watkins in the fourth quarter with nine minutes to go. The Browns ended up winning that game 21-16. to DTR uses his athleticism and his speed very well, and I think he's a guy that could definitely catch eyes again in tonight's preseason game against the Commanders. Another guy to watch out for in the preseason is Jaguars running back Tank Bigsby, a third-round pick in this year's draft out of Auburn. 970 rushing yards last year for Auburn with 10 rushing touchdowns. He runs hard, and he's very hard to take down. Underrated hands out of the backfield. Will buy some touches this year as the backup running back to the RB1 in that Jaguars offense, Travis Etienne. Next up, Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson. He's a guy to keep your eye on. He's going to start in tonight's game for the Broncos. The Broncos are going to start their starters in tonight's game. They had a rough year. Obviously, last year, Russell Wilson struggled heavily last year in that Nathaniel Hackett offense. With Hackett being gone and now Sean Payton as his head coach, he now gets a new beginning. They look to turn Russ back to his Seattle days if possible. The Broncos gave up so much to go out and get Russ a year and a half ago and gave him such a big contract that the Broncos front office really has no option but to hope that Russell Wilson can turn back time and get himself back on track. The question of will he be able to do that is obviously a big thing to watch during the preseason, obviously during this season as well. The regular season, he's still going to be the starter no matter how he performs in the preseason. But regardless, you want to see improvements from him, even if it's in a meaningless preseason game. You want to see him make strides to the quarterback he once was. In my opinion, I don't think Russell Wilson's going to be back to what he was in Seattle, even though he has a better year this year in Denver's offense. I don't think he's going to turn back time, and I thought he was regressing already in Seattle before he got to the Denver Broncos. But we'll see what he does in the preseason and what he does in the regular season this year. Another guy to watch out for in the preseason is Eagles defensive tackle Jalen Carter. Rookie defensive tackle on the defensive line there for the Eagles. Could have been a top five pick if it wasn't for the off the field issues at Georgia. Ends up falling to ninth overall in this year's draft. Philly got him with a steal of a pick there at ninth. With Javon Hargrove leaving for the 49ers in free agency, there was a void on Philly's defensive line, and they found their answer in Jalen Carter with the ninth overall selection. He's a strong and powerful defensive tackle that can disrupt the game and make that defense even better. Another battle to watch out for, so I already mentioned the 49ers battle between Purdy and Lance and Donald. Here's another one to watch out for. The Tennessee Titans quarterback battle. And that's for the backup spot between Malik Willis and Will Levis. Will Levis was a second-round pick in this year's draft. 33rd overall selection. Was supposed to be a top-10 pick in a lot of mock drafts at one point before the draft. Ends up falling in the draft to the first pick of the second round. Has a very strong arm. And that's one thing that people looked at in his film. Said he has the talent, obviously, with his arm strength. But he didn't really throw too many touchdowns last year at Kentucky. Just 19 passing touchdowns with 10 interceptions as a senior. Did add in two rushing touchdowns during his senior at Kentucky as well. It'll be a fun battle to watch between Willis and Levis. Willis was a third-round pick in 2022 out of Liberty. He was viewed as a first-round pick by many people that made mock drafts before that draft in 2022. A lot of scouts thought he was going to be a top pick, especially with what he was doing in college. Then he ends up falling 
all the way to the third round. I know a lot of times when you see a team saying, oh, we're interested in this quarterback, a lot of time it can be a smoke screen. That could have been the case with Malik Willis being a top 10 pick or top five pick in a lot of mock drafts. Same thing with Will Levis. He was supposed to go fourth overall to the Indianapolis Colts, ends up falling to 33rd overall. The Colts didn't take him. They took Anthony Richardson instead. As for Willis, he had a little bit of experience last year making three starts for the Titans, played in eight games as a rookie. And in those eight games, he had 276 passing yards with three interceptions, no touchdowns, pass with 123 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Very raw talent coming out of college. Was viewed as a project in the NFL, and that was the case obviously last year. So we'll see what happens there with Levis and Willis. In my eyes, even though I think it'll be a fun battle to watch, I think Willis ends up winning the backup role to Tanhill this season. And with a strong showing in the preseason, that could definitely be the case. With that being said, the Titans are going to carry three quarterbacks no matter what. But I think at some point, Ryan Tannehill will be out as a starting quarterback during this season with the Titans. We'll obviously see what happens there. Another guy to watch out for is Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. He played very well in limited snaps in the Hall of Fame game last week, including a 57-yard bomb to Malik Taylor on the sidelines, a play that was dialed up by starting quarterback Aaron Rodgers from the sidelines. He said go to Taylor on this play. Zach Wilson ends up airing it out, stepping up in the pocket, and throwing a great pass to Taylor, who ends up making a great catch as well. Wilson finished the game 3-for-5 with 65 passing yards. Being able to learn from Aaron Rodgers can be huge for Zach Wilson's development. And he's a guy that has the arm talent. He just has to develop his decision-making more. And you can't really give up on him just yet, even though he did struggle a lot last season in his second year. I think he'll get another opportunity to be a starter in the NFL somewhere, maybe when this rookie contract is over with the Jets or if the Jets were to move him after being the backup, let's say he succeeds in the preseason, and then a quarterback another team gets hurt during the regular season, maybe the Jets go and move him. But I think he'll get another chance someday, especially with his arm talent. I don't think you can give up on that too much and that quick. Maybe you give him one more chance as a starter elsewhere in the NFL. We'll obviously see what happens. Maybe that's just me rooting for the kid to get another chance because of all the backlash and the criticism he got last year when he was struggling. We'll obviously see what the case is for his future. But being able to learn behind Aaron Rodgers will be huge for his development. So two more players to watch out for, and they are veterans in the NFL. Raiders cornerback Marcus Peters, who was signed a few weeks ago by Vegas and now becomes their top cornerback, a team that has struggled defensively over the last few years. They add an experienced cornerback who has eight years in the NFL under his belt with 32 interceptions in those eight seasons. He was a two-time All-Pro selection as well. Will definitely make a difference right away in Vegas' secondary. I'm excited to see what he does. I think he's a guy to watch out for in the preseason considering he's already probably going to be their top cornerback considering how weak of a secondary they've had over the last few seasons. And then Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas, an NFL veteran, will get a chance now to play with another quarterback over his tenure here with New Orleans. He was with Drew Brees. He was with Jameis Winston. He was with Taysom Hill. And now he has Derek Carr as a starting quarterback. Derek Carr will be starting on Sunday. It'll be interesting to see if there's any chemistry between Thomas and Carr. Thomas, who has struggled each and every year since 2019 to stay healthy, is now getting another opportunity with New Orleans. I still think he's probably going to be the wide receiver two on that team, even though he was a wide receiver one for a lot of his time there with the New Orleans Saints. I think if you look at that offense, I think he's going to end up being the two with Chris Olave as the number one there. That's an intriguing offense, though, with Chris Olave. Michael Thomas, if you were to stay healthy, you really can't rely on him, though, to stay healthy. And then, obviously, Alvin Kamara is going to be out for the first few games of the season. They also have Jamal Williams as well, Derek Carr, a quarterback. They have an interesting offense there in New Orleans. We'll see what happens, obviously, over the course of the season. Michael Thomas is a guy that can put up big numbers when he stays healthy, but the question is, can he stay healthy or not? And the last few seasons, he's just not been able to do so. He's played just 10 games over the last three seasons. 10 games over the last three seasons with three touchdowns in those 10 games, and he didn't look like the same receiver than he did in the 2018 and 2019 seasons.
Anyways, that will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it and hope you guys have a good one. Take it easy and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.